You're listening to Real Estate for Real People, hosted by the Stone Sisters. The Stone Sisters have built an award-winning realty business, and they're here to share some of their knowledge with you. A new episode drops every Thursday. If you enjoy the show, please share it with a friend and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And visit www.stonesisters.com for more information just like this. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us again for another episode of Real Estate for Real People. Today, we are really proud and really excited to present to you one of our phenomenal partners, Kelsey Francisco. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, it's great. So tell us a little bit, Kelsey, if you can, sort of your background, how long you've been with us. You grew up in a real estate family, so yeah, yeah, love to I hear some of that. I grew up in a real estate family. My mom's been a realtor for as long as I can remember. Only regret I have is not paying attention <laughs> when I was younger because yeah. I never really thought that this was the course for me. But yeah, it definitely helped me shape you know, what to expect, the overall lifestyle and what you know, hard work actually has to go into being a realtor. Right. Um, but I'm going on year four now of mm-hmm. being a realtor, three years with you guys. So yeah. it's it's been really great. It's been fantastic. Awesome. I'm happy I went this route. <laughs> Good. So tell us about your background because you, you as you said, you didn't think this was something you're going yeah. to do. So And you went and got a degree, I believe, but yeah. in a totally different field, right? Yeah. I have a degree in psychology. So for a couple of years, I worked as a behavior interventionist, which was great. And even the training that you do you know, when you work for hotlines and volunteering for that kind of stuff, the training, I honestly find has really helped actually in this career field, just knowing how to talk to people who are stressed. Yeah. Well, and they say, I mean, the, buying a house or selling a house, mm-hmm. moving is one of the most stressful things that you're going to ever encounter in your life. Yeah. So to have that skill set, I think is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The ability to stay calm in, you know, they're exciting times, they can be sad it, it, yeah. and it is always, always stressful. Yeah, exactly. No. So it's actually helped me quite a bit. Um, yeah. So I definitely don't regret going to university yeah. <laughs> before and, coming into this. And what made you decide, you know, wh- what was the, what was the catalyst that, that led you to become a real? I mean, as much as I loved the families that I was working with as a behavior interventionist, I just wasn't happy. I just, I knew Mm -hmm. the day-to-day of what that kind of work entailed, or even to move up in that industry, having to go back to school to get my master's, I just didn't want to do that. Uh, Um, mm -hmm. I wanted more flexibility, and I'm very motivated by... I guess, hard work and the payout from hard work. So for me, you know, you can work as hard as you can and pick up more shifts, but it's not really going to pay off for you right. in yes. other fields. Directly, so like, yeah. yeah. So for me, that was a big reason why mm-hmm. I got into real estate. But um, also, I mean, it's just meeting people and the type of work it is, regardless of a monetary value, it's just like, it's fun. I love interior design. Um, so it just, it fit, it fit really well with me. Well, it's exciting. I mean, you're yeah. talking to us two that absolutely love what we do mm-hmm. and it's, you know, it's just such an exciting industry and every day is different. Yes, exactly. So, and, yeah. You, you know, you can't plan on what every day is going to be because mm-hmm. it's changes and it's, and you get to meet such amazing people. So, yes. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about sort of your experience. Um, you know, you work with a, a large different sort of clientele group, mm-hmm. but you have worked with quite a few first time home buyers. So maybe at first we can sort of just talk about that and your experience and sort of any tips you have for that type of consumer or buyer. Yeah. So usually I love to first meet people in a home. I know some people love to go grab a coffee or, you know, go meet up for lunch. And that's totally fine, but I think it's actually really important to meet in a home for the first time because, you know, that's what we're there for. Mm-hmm. And first time going through a home with someone, especially first time home buyers, maybe a bit younger, I say, you know, 
as long as there's no cameras or audio recording us in the yes. home, I say, you know what, like, tell me all your thoughts that are going through your head as we walk through the home. Like, I want to know more about what's important to you. So just let it all out. You know, tell me what you think of that and this and the way the light's coming in and whatnot. And I'll ask a lot of questions to them as well. Like, mm -hmm. oh, do you like, like, a, you know, natural light, for example, a lot of people don't realize how important it really is to them. Mm -hmm. yes. So maybe the way the house is facing or you have a cliff behind you and it's going to really impede on the light coming into your kitchen. Like, does that something that affects you? So I tell them to, you know, talk freely when they're in the home so I can have a better understanding of what they're looking for, as well as I'm going to ask you a million questions because it's going to help me as well. So yeah. smart, actually. Yeah. That's a great idea. That. Mm -hmm. um, because a lot of times you do say, oh, well, let's just meet for coffee and we yeah. can get an idea. But you're right. We're there looking at houses. And what a great way to get the insight is to yeah. sort of things that pique their interest or things they absolutely don't like. You're mm -hmm. going to see it firsthand right from the beginning. Yeah. I mean, and even just getting in homes too, right? You know, mm -hmm. sometimes I hear, well, I don't want to waste your time. I don't want to look at houses that aren't meant for us. But I'm like, but... To me, it's not a waste of time because it's helping my knowledge as a realtor because maybe that house is not perfect for you, but I have another client that goes, hey, Kelsey, did you see that house on, you know, Smith Street? What do you think yeah. of it? I'm like, yeah, actually, I was in it the other day and it makes me sound more knowledgeable and actually know what I'm talking mm -hmm. about to potentially help someone else. Um, I so, like that. I think yeah. that's a great point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I guess as first-time homebuyers, maybe they don't really necessarily know what their needs and wants are. So just by getting in the house, it helps yeah. narrow down, which in turn helps everyone. Mm -hmm. So And I, they don't know what they don't know. They don't even know what exactly. to ask. Yeah. I mean, it, it can be so, so daunting, this, mm -hmm. you know, American slash Canadian dream to to own a home. And, and you know, it's nice to know somebody's going to be patient and and really show them a lot of properties and, yeah. and ask a lot of questions and really find out who they are. Yeah, exactly. I think that's huge. Asking a lot of questions yeah. is is big. For first-time home buyers that haven't done this before, they, yeah. as you said, they don't know what they don't know. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the things that, you know, you think is important for a first-time home buyer? Like, is there certain questions that you do ask that you ask kind of every first-time home buyer or? Yeah, I think I some of it, I guess, kind of revolves around indoor-outdoor space. You know, do you mm -hmm. want something? Do you have the time? for something that requires, requires yard maintenance. You know, mm -hmm. some people think, oh, I can't wait to have this beautiful big house with this yard. But do you actually have the, either the means to get someone to help you do it? Or do you have the time yourself to maintain it? Because I think, I mean, especially from what I've seen recently, you know, people bought a home two years ago and they're calling us back saying, hey, you know, it's a bit too much for, you know, what we thought it was going to be. Yes. So you know, what does that look like, for, look like for you in your everyday lifestyle? Um, area is a big one. You know, I like to, especially if they're open to it or if they're from Alberta or somewhere else that's not Kelowna and they're not familiar with the area, um, just getting to see different houses in different areas, going for a walk, like parking your car and actually going to the coffee shop, going to the grocery store. Love yes, that. you live in a beautiful area, but what grocery store are you going to go to? Do you mm -hmm. like, you know, yes. do you enjoy going there? So Great area question. is a big one too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Other than that, it's just, you know, if it's a fixer upper, what extent are you willing to put in? Mm -hmm. Yes. What kind of work are you willing to put in to make it what you want? There's, there's a million different questions. Yeah. <laughs> and what do you find? Do you find that first time buyers, for the most part, sort of gravitate to certain areas? Is there a general rule of thumb or is hmm. it all over? I don't necessarily think so. I mean, especially now with how things have changed with working from home, I don't think area is as big of a factor as it maybe mm -hmm. used to be because, you know, they're going to be at their home office. So if right. they need to go drive, 
you know, wherever, maybe they don't mind it because it gets them out of the house, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe adding an extra five minutes to be farther away is not yeah. a big deal. Yeah. Um, but if, if, you know, you're commuting to an office every day, then I'm sure area does play a bigger factor. Well, and I think price is probably the number one factor. That in yeah. itself is going to dictate a lot of, you know, whatever your budget is, that mm-hmm. that straight away is going to... Yeah. And I mean, too, if they're looking for something that has a mortgage helper, right? You know, Mm -hmm. if that's how they're getting their financing because they're going to have a suite, then obviously, you know, Rutland, for example, has the split level home. So you're more likely to be able to find something there that can accommodate the suite. And I guess that that sort of leads me to my next question. What would you say a typical buyer, first time buyer or or buyer of yours is? Is it somebody that's typically, are they looking for a mortgage helper? Are you seeing more people wanting something that has the suite potential in there? Um, yeah, yeah you know, that's a good question. Um, I think it's kind of 50-50 from a first-time homebuyer standpoint. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. a lot of them like the idea of not needing that, but as long as the space itself works for what they need in their lifestyle, I think they're okay with it because you see some homes where, you know, the entire bottom level of the home is a suite. So they are only really able to use one level of the house, whereas some homes have an extra rec room that they still have access to downstairs and then there's still a suite. So I think the layout of the house makes a big difference on whether it's Mm -hmm. something that they're willing to take on. And do you have many first-time buyers who buy houses, single-family homes, or do they gravitate to condos or townhomes? Is that sort of a first step, a typical first step? Yeah, I think that one comes down to price again, too, Mm -hmm. because, well, especially Mm -hmm. with how things changed over the last year, you know, a lot of people, a lot of first-time home buyers that I was working with were, we were looking at homes, but prices went up so quickly last year, we quickly had to shift to townhomes because that was what Mm -hmm. was in their price range. Um, You know, or they just didn't buy and now they came back to me a year later and they go, okay, we're ready. Let's start looking at houses again, right? Are are you finding that lots of first-time buyers are now coming back to the marketplace? Yes, because, you know, when you set someone up on a search, for example, so they can start at least looking at homes online. Um, Last year, if they said that my max budget was 700, you were setting up on a search for 650 because you need them to have that power to go over asking. We're not seeing that anymore. So now we can be like, okay, if your budget's 700, I'm going to sell you for 720 because maybe we have some negotiating room to go down. But of Mm -hmm. course, keep in mind that that's not a guarantee. It's just, it could happen. Right. Um, So yeah, a lot of people are definitely coming back now. You know, hey, we tried to look last year. Maybe we were looking in a different area last year. And now that things have calmed down, like we're ready to start looking again. Yeah. And I have another question, sort of jumping gears a little bit. You've helped a lot of clients that are looking at condos, um, but more specifically sort of investment condos, Mm -hmm. Airbnb. And I know you've worked with a few clients Mm -hmm. as well that even look at single family homes for running an Airbnb. Yeah. What can you tell us about that buyer as well? Is there any sort of guidance you would give them? For them, it really comes down to what the return is going to be. You know, mm-hmm. um, area is going to be a big factor. So, of course, mm-hmm. the downtown Kelowna area, the Kelowna South Pendozi area, Lower Mission, you're probably going to get better rental rates mm-hmm. nightly if you're doing Airbnb. Um, a lot of first-time home buyers actually kind of combining the two end up wanting to buy maybe a condo or townhome first or a smaller single-family home because their plan is live it you know, in that themselves and then 
keep it for an investment to do that in the future. Right. Yeah. Interesting. So you're looking sort of to please them now to live in it and mm-hmm. also the, the future of investment down the Yeah. Road. There's a couple I people like who have definitely brought that up. Like, oh, maybe we'll just hold on to it and rent it out, mm-hmm. you know, down yeah. the line and keep this as our investment property. So maybe that's why they're more okay with starting on a smaller scale rather than going straight to the big single family home for their mm-hmm. first house. Well, and I think that's something too that we see a lot. You know, people come to us sometimes and you probably experience this too. And they say, okay, my house that I want, it's going to have a white picket fence. It's yeah. going to have a big yard. I want a view, maybe a pool, you know, three bedrooms up. I want a you triple know, perfect, garage, yeah. perfect <laughs> kitchen. I want all of this stuff and I would like that now. And it's going to be my forever home. So my yeah. kids are going to be raised there. Like their kids are going to be raised there. It's mm-hmm. just going to be this family home forever. Yeah. And it's, you know, letting people know that, hey, you know what? That's great. And I would, you know, I love that idea, mm-hmm. but we have to take steps. And yes. average people move every John had said it earlier, 3.8 years. I think it's more closer to about five years. What That's what I would find. Yeah, yeah. So it's letting people know that you don't have to find your forever home right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big guidance for people to learn that. Yeah, yeah. and I've, I've mentioned that to first-time homebuyers before too. You know, their budget's 900, let's say. And we're looking at these houses, but they're like, oh, but the kitchen needs to be redone. Or, you know, they'll bring mm-hmm. up things that cost money. And I'm like, well... If you want a house with everything that you're saying, this is what you're spending. You're spending 1.1 at least, right? To get what you really want. So maybe you change your plans. Maybe this is not your forever home where you're going to raise three kids. This is the house where you maybe have your first kid. And then you graduate onto Mm -hmm. a home after that or... Well, we've talked about getting on the property ladder, like just, Mm -hmm. you know, hanging on. And then once you're on, Mm -hmm. it's easier to sort of pull Mm -hmm. yourself up that ladder. Yeah. Just get in. Mm -hmm. That's what it comes down to is just get into the market. It's so shocking to think that a first time buyer would spend 900,000. I know. And I think (laughs) the first house, first house I bought before I was married was 95,000. Wow. And it was (laughs) nothing fancy, but But it was a house. It was a freestanding detached house (laughs) for 90,000. 95,000. Wow. So it's, that, I mean, that was 2,000 years ago, but still. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, a lot of people are getting help from their parents too. Cause when we're writing yes. up contracts, you know, their parents are usually on title to those contracts right. as well. So, or you look at a $900,000 home, but you have the mortgage helper, right? Especially yes. with vacancy yes. rates right now in Kelowna, like you can make some really good money just off even a long-term tenant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Makes a big difference. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, jumping back a little bit, when you're giving people advice as to buy an Airbnb property, something yeah. that they could potentially rent. What are the city, do you know what the city sort of guidelines on that are? Or, yeah, or? well, it's going to start with zoning. When mm-hmm. it comes down to strata, which a lot of people tend to like the strata side of things better because it's less maintenance for them personally. You know, if you're buying a single family home that yeah. you Airbnb, now you're adding on, you know, anything that's going on with the house and yeah, then right. you're adding on landscaping, stuff like that. So strata wise, of course, city of Kelowna is quite strict on what buildings do allow it. Mm, yes. So there's only really a handful that you can pick from realistically yes. and only even a smaller number of that handful that have amenities, which is probably where you're going to be able to charge more nightly because right. you have a pool, you have a gym, mm-hmm. you have all that fun stuff, right? And you're a block away from the beach. Yes. So those are really big, important factors. I think when people look is what their nightly rate could be. And you tend to get a higher nightly rate when you're looking at those strata properties, just because they yeah. offer so much more. Yes. Makes yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. Unless it's like, you know, a big 4,000 square foot home, maybe that yeah. Airbnb is the whole entire thing, but yeah. zoning is going to be the number one thing. Yeah. Um, City of Kelowna has a great website where it's pretty much a checklist of everything you need 
in yeah. order to be classified mm-hmm. as Airbnb property. But well, and you have to live there. I think that's that's a big mm-hmm. key. Is you, yeah. It needs to be your prime residence that you spend time in right. mm-hmm. and then rent out all or a portion of the house mm-hmm. out yeah. for Airbnb. And you have to get a license as well. That's yeah. $750, I think. Around there. Yeah. 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 You have to go through all the hoops to get yeah, it. Yeah. But I mean, it's worth it though. It is worth it. Yeah. Oh, when absolutely. you look at some of the rents that people are getting, it's, you know, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we heard of a, a stunning home. I think it's sort of a one of a kind home. It came with a boat and a cook wow. that was rented for a hundred thousand a week this summer. Wow. In Kelowna. In Kelowna. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've, mm-hmm. we've certainly come there. We've gotten to a point yeah. where we're, you know, deemed as very desirable. I mean, even just look at some of the people that are around in Kelowna when you see, you know, yeah. if you follow some of the social media, there's quite a few, you know, famous people yeah. that come to yeah. Kelowna that have discovered it. And, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, it's interesting it's, to see that it's, it's changed. Yeah. It's growing yeah. it is and growing. it's changed. So, yeah. So that's helpful with the first time buyers and just sort of understanding the mentality. Mm-hmm. Another segment that you work really well with as well. I mean, you're, you're not limited because you've helped lots of sellers and you help buyers and everything, but you, you've also kind of created a niche for yourself with helping people move here from, from outside the area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, biggest thing people moving from outside the area is just get to know the area. And of course it's hard, mm-hmm. you know, if they're, if we're doing the FaceTime phone calls, <laughs> sometimes I'll uh, have the phone kind of, I have, you know, one of those things that you hook up to. To your car and I'll yes. turn it around and I'll drive so they can see, oh, you know, like Google that. Maps is great for that too. But of course, it's not always up to date with what's actually going on in the area. Um, just going for a walk, putting on your runners and actually taking a video of the street, what the curb appeal looks like, what the area looks like. Um, but Google Maps is very helpful for people out of town. I love that. Mm-hmm. But if they're many- in town... Just get out there and look, you know, if yes. we're going to, if you want to see 20 homes, maybe we see 10 today and you spend the rest of your day actually, you know, just driving around and looking and for visiting yourself. coffee mm-hmm. shops yeah. and even popping and seeing the neighbor next door. Like if you yeah. narrow it down to one house that you like, get to know what the people like are, are yes. on the street. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, yeah. it's not a bad idea to just sort of walk by and tell somebody's outside and introduce yeah. yourself. Yeah, and, exactly. Mm-hmm. How's the neighborhood? So, yeah. <laughs> Question. So how many people over the course, you know, when we had COVID and we couldn't travel as much, yeah. um, you know, I, I know we'd always be talking and you'd be doing, well, I'm going to be doing a FaceTime showing on that property and I'm doing a FaceTime showing yeah. on this one and you know, you'd be, you'd be pulling over to the side of the car, writing up an offer. Mm-hmm. How many properties did you sell without people coming through? I would say last year, it was the majority of my sales. Actually, I did one this morning. Like it's still happening. Wow. You know, I have a buyer from Montreal who's looking for investment properties here. So we were in West Kelowna this morning, FaceTime showing, you know, and at least there's no rush now where there was yes, last right. year. So for them, it makes so much more sense. I mean, whether you're from Alberta, even Vancouver, mm-hmm. you know, or Montreal, like my buyers right now doing a FaceTime showing, because why would you bother coming here if it's not going to work out, right? right. Let's do yes. the FaceTime showing first. Then, you know, we'll do all our research, decide if it's a good property, maybe potentially try to write an offer. If it comes together, then you can come view it. I like that before yes. you mm-hmm. remove conditions. Yeah. And it's nice that you can, you know, we're back to a market where you can put conditions on. Yes. And, yeah. You know, we're, I don't think anybody's doing subject free offers or no. certainly not with any. Not many, no. unless they're coming in really low. I've seen a few yeah. where they're coming yeah. in extremely low and offering mm-hmm. that as an incentive. But. Well, there's still been multiple offers happening. Mm-hmm. They don't happen on every property like they did last year, but when they do happen now, you still get the notification. You know, we received seven offers. Offers, subject wow. removal date is September 28th. So th- obviously that winning offer still yeah. has subjects to some degree. Yes. Mm-hmm. Even though there's multiple offers, mm-hmm. they are still having, accepting those with, yeah. you know, so don't shy, I guess, away from a multiple offer situation. No. And I mean, from what I've heard from other agents too, sometimes all the prices coming in on multiple offers are still under asking. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. And I think that's something that's really interesting because that's always, that's been the historical norm for Kelowna that you get, you'd get two to 5% off of asking price. Mm -hmm. And then COVID hit and we were selling at 101% or, you know, at or over um, assessed, or pardon me, list price. Yeah. And now it's back down where, where you've got, I think it's averaging right now about 3%. Mm-hmm. Like 97% of list mm-hmm. price around there. Yeah. And so, you know, going in, I always say, obviously start lower because that's just part of the market. Now you go back and forth. Yeah. Unless you're like, I can't lose this house. Then that's yeah. a bit different. But if you, if you're patient on the other end too, then like, why not try kind of see where the How seller's How many times sitting. would you say offers are going back and forth in your experience? Uh, it's a mix. I have some buyers that are like, you know, I don't care to do this back and forth. I like this home. I want to live here. I'm going to give my best offer or, yep. you know, maybe just below my best offer and see what happens. Maybe one or two times in that situation. Or you mm-hmm. have the investor clients that are like, let's try a hundred under, let's yep. try 150 yep. under. And then sometimes you go back and forth and it's three days go by before right. you get an accepted offer and yep. the contract just looks like a mess. Yes. <laughs> it's true. You'll yeah. We had one this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just rewrite it. Yeah, yep. exactly. But it just really depends on the kind of buyer. I think if it's for themselves, it's maybe not as as much, but mm-hmm. if it's more of an investor type, you know, who wants to maybe paint it. Do well, and they're not emotional. Work. It's all exactly. about the dollars at that point. Yeah. So they haven't mm-hmm. visioned themselves moving in there because they're never going to. So for them, mm-hmm. it's really strictly the numbers. Exactly. So, you know, it makes sense that they would try really low. To right? get the best deal. To yeah. get the best deal. Exactly. So what do you say or what do you sort of predict with the marketplace? Like you're saying right now, you're still seeing multiple offers on mm-hmm. some properties. Um, you know, there's been so much in the media saying that the market is so quiet. It's mm-hmm. completely changed. And, you know, we're seeing that, and you're kind of saying the same thing. It's not, you know, no. it's not dead. No, we're not seeing offers maybe flying over asking price and, yeah. and you know. But there's but, still sales happening. There's good volume oh, of yeah. business. I, I think I'm still showing every single day yep. to a handful of people, buyers, whoever it is. Um, it's busy. It's, yeah. I mean, we're still busy. I think a lot of it comes down to, too, from a buyer's point of view, Maybe it's they're not buying in the first week and we're spending a month, a couple months now looking at home. So that's yes. why it seems busy, just because we're spending time to actually go right. and look. Um, but no, I mean, they're still writing. They're still listing. Mm-hmm. So it's busy. I mean, I'm sure it's going to slow down as we go into winter. But yeah. September so far has been actually yeah. quite good. Yeah. And what do you sort of foresee as far as like next year? Any I sort think of- spring's going to pick up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think from, you know, everyone that I've talked to, especially I work with a lot of buyers. So they, a lot of people who are buying now think that the reason that they're buying is because this is the lowest the prices are going to get. Yes. I mean, yes, they probably might go down a little bit more, but they're like, mm-hmm. they're going to go up again. Yeah. It's just yes. a matter of time. So why would I wait? Like I'm going to buy now while prices are low. Yes. Well, yeah. so especially true. If, if they find the home they want, Yeah, you know, if you mm-hmm. can find the house you want and, and the price is agreeable, you know, could it, if it was still there, could it be a bit lower in November, December? Maybe, but could it be higher in February? Probably. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It depends on exactly what their goal is. If they're going to plan on holding onto it for a while, maybe it's an investment property and they're like, yeah, I don't care. It's good. By the time I get rid of it, it's going to be up anyway. So I might as well buy when I think it's low. For sure. Yeah. No, that's so true. Well, Kelsey, this has been amazing. So how do people find you? What's the best way for them to 
Well, I'll talk to you. Anyway, honestly. <laughs> You're uh, on stonesisters.com Stone and they Sisters. can find you on there. Yeah, so, my yeah. contact info is on there. Otherwise, um, Instagram, people reach out to me on Instagram, yeah. just straight through my cell phone, email. Yeah. Honestly, I'm And everywhere. what's your cell phone number? <laughs> 250-488-3146. Beautiful. Awesome. And we'll yeah. link all of that in, in the comments below yeah. Yeah. so that you can uh, can find Kelsey oh, and uh, or reach out to Shannon and I and say you want to work with Kelsey because she's... <laughs> High energy and super knowledgeable and lots of fun. Thank you. So thank you again. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for listening to this episode of Real Estate for Real People. If you want to reach out to the Stone Sisters, visit www.stonesisters.com. This podcast was produced by Podigy Podcasts. See you next time.